0: Welcome to the No More Mondays podcast, the show that inspires confident professionals by interviewing people who actually enjoy what they do for work. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with founders, entrepreneurs, and employees who have figured out that special sauce, the magic, the mystery to having No More Mondays. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this episode of the No More Mondays podcast. And today I am kind of just giddy that you have joined us for this episode entitled It's All Mental. Get ready because this conversation is undoubtedly going to be fast paced. It'll likely be hilarious. It could go in 12 different directions and it will probably include some unexpected t- turns as we welcome Michael Gutenplan to the show. In the interest of full disclosure, Michael and I have known each other for 20-something years as we spent our days at Carnegie Mellon together. And for those past 20 years, Michael has been reading minds and performing magic for celebrities, royalty, and America's top CEOs at corporate and private events around the world. He is an award-winning magician and mentalist, and he's a third-generation psychic, which I can't wait to talk about a little bit more, and has performed in 24 countries and 49 states and with a mix of psychic entertainment, magic, and comedy, he is repeatedly touted as LA's best psychic entertainer and has even has some off-Broadway credits as the creator and star of Extraordinary Deceptions and the Spy Magic Show. The list could go on, but without further ado, please welcome to No More Mondays, my wonderful friend, Michael Gutenplan.
1: Hi. I assume there's a sound effect of applause.
0: Or we could just make it, right? <laughs> I'll clap for my. There we go. Jane doesn't have to go find a sound effect now. I'm I'm really excited you're here today because first of all, some of my favorite college memories so many years ago are of how ridiculous you and I had to look because we were swim buddies, and I'm pretty sure that we we did everything but actually swim, and I mean that in the cleanest way possible. And the lifeguards probably thought we were ridiculous. I had a I had a theory
1: of exercise in the pool where if I jumped on your That's- back and made you doggy paddle around <laughs> the pool with me on your back without sinking, you would get the energy and I would just have fun. And,
0: uh, it, it, what is hilarious is that is the exact same ingrained in my vision memory I have of those days. You know, I have followed your journey into kind of your mentalist full-time job now ever since you were magic Michael in college. And so I'm really, and it's kind of been from afar and I'm excited to hear kind of how you got here. Let's start with your elevator pitch. Explain to people who is magic Michael, the magic mentalist. What do you do?
1: I I have two sides to me. The, the, the magic Michael aspect is I'm a professional magician and I enhance your event and make it unforgettable by performing magic. The bulk of my business is Michael Gutenplan, third generation psychic. I use the power of the mind to create incredible experiences. And the best part of it is I'm not doing anything special to me. I don't have special powers. I've just honed my sense of intuition and instinct enough that I can do incredible things. And the goal of my show is to unlock your psychic
0: potential. Just, you just got everybody on the hook. One of the things I always like to give our listeners insight into is how you got here. Walk us up into the present and how you kind of got here from a career progression perspective.
1: So I think that we, before we even get there, it's how did I get into magic? So my, I really am a third generation psychic. My father and my grandfather both, well, they think they're psychics, they're crazy, but it's real. I mean, it's not a, it's not a shtick that I have for the show. And my grandfather growing up, always did magic for the grandkids. All he wanted was a grandkid to do magic. He just thought it would be the greatest thing. He was, he sold TVs and stereos very successfully, but magic was his passion and ESP was his power. And none of the grandkids wanted to do magic. And I was in college, Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, and there was a magic shop on the South side. And I was with my friend, Julia Mazzio Oh yeah. and Julia. Yeah, no. Hi, Julia. <laughs> Hi, Julia. Uh, Julia and I were on the south side going to Utrecht Art Supplies to buy art stuff freshman year, and I was like, "Ooh, a magic shop! I'm gonna run in there." I used to go into these when I was a grand when I was a kid with my grandfather, and I went in and I bought a magic trick. And I don't know what happened, but the easiest way I can describe it is that moment where Harry Potter gets that wand and like the room starts turning. It into- that happened to me. My life in that instant changed. The the guy behind the counter taught me, it was a coin trick, taught me the secret. And I walked out of there going like, holy cow, I now know all the secrets of magic because I know how the secret coin trick works. And I was convinced like in that youthful, um, ego, whatever, I was convinced I, at that point was the greatest magician <laughs> and knew how everything worked. <laughs> But, but it's weird because people get into these kind of things when they're kids. And I loved magic as a kid, but I never wanted to learn it. Like I had magic tricks, but, but like I didn't do it. Was it was like the family and shtick at know, the
0: picnics and it was just a thing. It, yeah. Yes.
1: It was something, it was something that grandpa did. And then like, I would do a magic trick as a kid because I was a ham and wanted to do something, but like, no, I didn't learn magic. You're not a ham. Yeah, I, surprise. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so, so from a kosher ham from that second. <laughs> In that magic shop walking out, I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. And for the five years of college, I did magic. I got a job at Dave and & Buster's and then eventually Lowe's Theater. They have like a restaurant in the Lowe's. And I would do magic and I would do holiday parties for people in LA, in Pittsburgh. And, you know, I had a good business. And college ended. And I was like, all right, I like right, I'm going to go work in TV now. That was fun, that magic thing. I never kind of realized that it like it really was part of who I became. Like it wasn't, a, it wasn't like knitting. It was part of my life. Yeah. And I I moved to New York City. I worked at a soap opera for as a director for like a summer, and then I moved. And then I worked at MSNBC for a year. And MSNBC ended. It was I, I enjoyed the job. It just wasn't right for me. And I was like, I guess I need to move to Los Angeles to pursue my dreams of creating TV shows. But I wasn't ready. And I was like, I'm going to be a magician for a year or two. Like, I think I should do this. Get it off my list. I And I spent two years in New York being a professional magician. And I did gigs. And like, I don't know how I did it, but I just did like I. surprise new york's expensive and i managed to make it work you were
0: you that's how, that's how you were was, you doing yeah, the thing I mean, you're it, supposed to do and it worked dude
1: i will be successful no matter what i want to do but this was the thing that would lead me to success and i became the magician at tavern on the green on sundays and i would but broadway always called and i decided i was gonna do an off-Broadway show and that would scratch that itch and that would allow me to move to L.A. So I booked a a theater space was like friends and family coming for two nights and it was a sellout show and everybody clapped. And I actually had a friend, um, Jeff Marks, who wrote Avenue Q. He won the Tony for it. And Jeff was like, he came to see the show and I love it. And I love Jeff. And he sat me down and said, your show is good. It's not great. It's good. But what you need is legitimacy. Like you're in a rehearsal space. Like you need a theater. Get that, and you'll get what you need. So, I booked a theater for a week and nobody showed up. Oh, Um, um, I canceled one performance, like it hurt.
0: Side note, this is a side note failure, it happens, but you push. But the long story is, you push through failure
1: is necessary necessary. to succeed. Absolutely, you must fail if you don't fail. Um, you're not trying hard enough, it's like, yeah. And I needed to fail, I needed to struggle, I needed to have nobody show up because instead of being like well i failed the question was how do i do this again and make it work now i broke even okay i don't know how so at least you didn't lose your I skin broke, when you failed
0: so we'll i did not
1: that. i did not lose a penny but i broke even to like two the penny but i didn't lose any money and my mother said like you didn't lose any money this is two shows in new york city where you didn't lose any money what do you need to succeed and i was like i need a publicist i need someone who's not me to say to the new york times or whatever check Mm this guy out.
0: You needed the credibility of a third, like a third party objective champion for you. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: And she, she for Hanukkah or my birthday, whatever said, I'll get you a publicist. Go find one. And I booked the sh- I booked the same theater on Off Broadway on 42nd Street Theater Row for the week of Christmas and the week of th- uh, New Year's Eve. And the first week went okay. And I had hired a publicist. Friday of my first week, he called me up and he's like, "Go get the New York Times." And there was a review in the New York Times with a huge picture of me, and it was glowing. It was a glowing review. In the New York Times with a picture.
0: So you're and like I get life the goal. And they're like, life goal met and you haven't really even started yet. Was,
1: <laughs> yeah. The goal, the goal was a New York Times review. That was the goal. And I got it, and thank goodness it was a good one. And the theater's like, great, you're sold out for the rest of the week. And the and the thing was like, sell sell out one show, it pays for the run. And now I sold out eight more shows. They were like, you can't extend. We have a show coming in, but like, hey, good for you. And I left that experience being like, I'm done. I'm done with magic. What a great experience in my life. I'm going to move to LA and make TV shows. And I got to LA and there was a writer's strike and I couldn't get a job. And my mother was like, you move to LA, book a theater and do your show. Like you need to make a living. And then from, from LA, eventually I worked in television for, for 15 years. And then about five years ago, I woke up and was like, this is not who I am or what I want to do. This doesn't feel right. I'll do magic well, I figure out what I want to do. And I figured out I wanted to do magic and the real story. And this is like, I make a living telling people to trust their instincts and listen to the universe. Signs are all around us. I was in the shower. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. Like, give me a sign. And in the shower, the phone rang. And I'm like, is that the sign? Like, okay, hello. And it was some random person be like, hi, I saw your info. Like, do you do magic shows? And I'm like, I do now. That is, that is the sign. I'm going to listen to the universe from there on out. It was not, I'm going to be a magician because I have no desire to be a struggling artist. Mm. It was, I am going to run a business that sells magic. I needed 20 years of being told no. And then, and then, when I stopped listening to the nose and started trusting myself, which is again what my show is all about—trusting yourself—to find that success. I, if I had that on day one, it wouldn't be the same. My success has such pride because. I spent 20 years listening to people telling me, eh, you're wrong. You, no, that's not the right attitude. Oh, you're never going to be. You're, that's not right. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I needed to have failure. And I, do, I truly believe failure is the best road to success because it, it teaches you two things. It teaches you to hone that sense of No, that was a failure because you did something wrong. It also teaches you that really vital skill of that's a failure because it's not going to work.
0: Yes. And I think sometimes you have to. There's the idea of like failing and falling on your face. But there, like those cliches that you don't really ever just fail. You learn and you learned a valuable lesson that I'm going to say came into play years later when it was time to begin building on top of a foundation that you had some experience in. Because you had had it crumble a little bit. And what I love about the story that you've just told us is that there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of really relevant little tidbits in there as far as like, by, who the, by the way, that was the short version. Okay. So that we need a four version. hour podcast for the long <laughs> version, but I feel like the takeaways as far as like the listeners and how this ties back to regardless, regardless of it being magic you're an artist who performs, but I love that idea that you're a business person first. That's something you and I share is that I'm a, I'm a business person and an entrepreneur first. Coaching is my outlet. And that's that's the same yeah. thing that you have. And the, and the bigger thing is that intuition. And you listened to that voice and it took time and the universe had to hit you over the head about 87 times before you got to that point. But it was also, I'm guessing, the right time in life and in your career to build it up. You had a little appearance recently. Yes, I
1: used my mental powers to be a big winner on the Price Is Right. I love
0: it. Did you Uh, actually go all the way to the end? Absolutely a
1: lifelong dream. I made it to the Showcase Showdown. It was a absolute life goal that I am still giddy over, like emotional crying at the end of it. That I can't believe I had that opportunity.
0: Well, I mean, you're like the the perfect. Drew Carey had to love you. I want to talk about. Who is Michael Guttenplan? So, what rounds you out as as an entrepreneur and somebody who has a business so that is can is take a, a lot? What do you do on your free time?
1: This is a problem. I I have a, this is something we talk about in my relationship a lot. My hobby is my profession.
0: Oh, you and I, you and I again. Does Carnegie Mellon just breathe this into us? Because me too.
1: We <laughs> have it. It is a CMU thing. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. My my entire apartment are magic posters. My I love watching magic on TV and there's an aspect of it where it is my business, but my business is mind reading shows. So I do think there is a bit of a separation between the professional aspect of selling magic and creating shows or mind reading shows. And being able to step back and enjoy it as a hobby and as well and that's
0: i think that's the artist in you to some extent because an artist who paints for gallery shows or paints for commissions probably does other outlets of art in their free time so that's that's the art that's the round that's the well-rounded artist in you i'm going to turn the tables on you we're going to totally take this in a new direction are you up for it So we're going to play a little game, and I know this is going to be really hard for you because it's rapid fire. And okay, so like five words or less, no squirreling. We'll see. I'm not very good at not squirreling during rapid fire, but... Like any good CMU alum, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Everybody says Star Wars. My mother-in-law, by the way, is very offended by that.
1: I've watched like two episodes of Star yeah,
0: Trek. My, stuff, Jim's family is all Trekkies, and they can't understand why no one likes Star Trek. Don't judge me. I married a Trekkie. Uh, favorite candy? York peppermint patty. I'll give you give you York peppermint patty for the candy. When you were a kid, since we know you didn't want to be a magician when you grew up, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Magician. I wanted to just be an actor, a magician. I loved magic. I never knew that it was like you had to learn it. I just thought you could just be a magician.
0: Oh, funny. That all came full circle. Okay, here's a serious one. A good book recommendation.
1: Anything by Bill Bryson. A Short History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson. You'll learn the origins of the earth in an easily digestible way.
0: I love it. That's a good different recommendation than we've gotten. I'll go uh, I'll go dig it into the go dig into it in Amazon the
1: best it here's the here's here's I'm sorry that's not five words or less but the best advice I can give anybody is be able to talk a little bit about everything it's the best sales tool
0: oh nice and good, good dinner conversation like it
1: yeah uh, 80s band I mean I like queen that's Julie that's another Julia thing she got me into queen I like queen
0: yeah how can you not like queen that's good and I like, uh, this is gonna be fun because you and I are exactly the same age. Favorite childhood TV show?
1: Oh man, Thundercats always get, oh, no, DuckTales, Thundercats. Oh, DuckTales. I would say either one of those. DuckTales.
0: Woo. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckland.
1: In Duckburg. Uh, when I Duckburg, oh boy. Girl. It is Duckburg, um, isn't it?
0: The last food, I have a lot of food, rapid fires because I like to eat and I'm always hungry. What's your favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Uh, well, I had mint chocolate chip last night. I've gotten into the dairy-free ice cream yeah. recently. So the Ben, ben and Jerry's dairy-free has so always been any of their... Um,
0: of course, this is a show about Mondays. So we end the rapid fire with what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday?
1: I don't have a single word. Okay, I don't. that's okay. I'm not just, surprised by that. I like every day. I don't, I don't have... But I don't know what day it is. Every day is kind of the same. I wake up, I check my emails, and then I live my life. And sometimes it's work and sometimes it's TV and sometimes it's reading or walk. But Mondays, I think, are fun because there's potential for the rest of the week. Love it. So I'm going to go with potential. Potential. Is what Monday is. I
0: think that's a good answer. And before we wrap it all up and ask for your big piece of advice for everybody, I definitely want our listeners to know where they can find you and follow your magic adventure. So where, where do we locate you yeah. in the World Wide Web?
1: So the easiest way to locate me is to go to com. Perfect. There you can see my videos. You can, there's a contact form. You know, if you have a corporate event, if you have a holiday party, if you have a birthday party, The Magic Mentalist. We will link
0: to that on the website and in the show notes. And Michael, I uh, knew we would have a fun conversation. Great. Some great insights, not only into an interesting world that a lot of people don't know, i.e. magic, but also just as a business person and somebody who has figured out how to enjoy life and build a great career. This has been Excellent. And before we bid adieu, I would love for you to kind of summarize it all and give our listeners your single best piece of advice into what they can do to get one step closer to a more enjoyable career and life.
1: Smile. And, and, and I'm not saying that because you're a woman. It's not a feminist thing. Uh, smile. We do not live the lives that we think we're going to live. There's complications. There's hardship. It's just a part of life. Smile. Enjoy what you have as good or as bad. Stop wanting more, want more work towards more, but be mindful, be present, be proud of where you are right now. It is a path. It is a journey. And unfortunately you will never be at the top of the mountain because there will always be another hill on top of it. But you know, I used to mountain climb, stop and turn around and look at that view. The view from the top is not the best. The view from the journey up is the best Mm -hmm. because it's constantly changing.
0: What a great way to wrap up an excellent conversation. Michael, thank you so much for being part of our show and joining the No More Mondays movement. As always, we love hearing from people who are enjoying what they do for work, but even better when they're enjoying their lives. And you are definitely an amazing example of that. For those of you out there listening, I would love, love, love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review and rating because it is a huge help to us as we continue to inspire confident professionals everywhere, with these great stories of people enjoying what they do, making an impact in the world. And if you'd also like to leave us comments, feedback, or guest suggestions, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. Thanks for listening to this episode of No More Mondays. We hoped you grabbed some great insights to help you improve your professional satisfaction. Please visit us at Apple iTunes and give us a rating so we can continue to offer you awesome interviews and content each week. No More Mondays. New episodes drop every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer, Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. That's careerbenders, B as in boy, S is in sam.com. This is your host, Angie Callen, signing off. Until next week, when we chat with another inspired, confident professional.